What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Want to go over the Week 11 matchups. Uh, going to start with the Thursday Night Football game, uh, the Patriots at the Falcons. Um, I do want to say that this episode is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Now, if you haven't played Underdog, you got to go check out the app. Um, my favorite way to play is, is playing using the over-unders. Uh, they have a list of all the players. Well, not every single player, but they have a list of a bunch of players, and they have a stat line. You have to choose over under on those stat lines, and then you can stack a few of those picks together. The more picks you stack up together, the higher uh, the multiplier is for the amount of money you're putting in. Okay, so they have a if you get two right. It's a 3x multiplier. If you get 3 right, it's a 6x multiplier. If you get 4 right, it's a 10x multiplier. And if you get 5 right, it's a 20x multiplier. Uh, it, it's a really cool way to play. Uh, and if you play fantasy anyway, uh, this is like a good way to use your fantasy knowledge and the matchups and all that kind of stuff uh, to kind of, you know, create the best plays. Now, you don't have to, you know, put in 5 every single time. You know, you can put in 3. There's nothing wrong with, you know, you know 6x in your money or 10x in your money, right? Even 3x in your money. Why not? Right, uh, so you got to go check that out. Uh, when you download the app, use the code Upper Hand um, when you make your first deposit. Because right now, for a limited time, Underdog is matching a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Now, their old uh, promotion was they would give away $10 no matter what your first deposit was. You know that's great. You know you get an extra 10 bucks, but if you deposit 50. They'll give you an extra 50. If you deposit 75, they'll get you, give you an extra 75. If you deposit 100 bucks as your first deposit, they'll give you an extra 100 bucks to spend. So imagine a potential 20x <laughs> under 300 bucks. You know what I'm saying? So you, you go check it out. Uh, it's definitely worth uh, worth your time. Uh, it's a great app. Um, and it kind of makes these games a little fun, right? If, you, if you're watching the Thursday night game, you know, why not put a couple players uh, from that Thursday night? you know, into your, you know, into your stock, right? Um, But yeah, go check it out. Use code upper hand to make sure that you get, uh, you know, you take full advantage of of their promotion right now. Uh, But yeah, let's get right into the matchups. Patriots at Falcons. The Patriots are favored by six points is a 47 and a half over under. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, he killed it last week, you know, with his opportunity, right? Now, Damian Harris um, is going to be back. He did pass the concussion protocol. Um, But, you know, it's possible that we see a little bit of a committee here. Now, before these two suffered concussions in the fourth quarter of their Week 9 game, uh, Harris and Stevenson were sharing the early down roll. Um, You know, Harris was the 1A, right? Bolden was the passing down back. But, you know, Stevenson, you know, was getting some carries. He was getting some targets, right? He was kind of playing that Rex Burkhead role that we saw last last year, but, you know, Burkhead couldn't stay healthy, and Stevenson is a much better version of Rex Burkhead, right? Um, so, you know, we might see something similar this week. Stevenson has looked good, right, over the last couple of games. So it's it's it might, there might be a situation where it's like it's tough to, you know, not give him some opportunity, right? Uh, but you never know with these Belichick um backfields but at the same time like i'd hold on to stevenson because it takes one more fumble from damian harris to potentially have you know there could be a temporary switch to stevenson at some point because damian harris has been fumbling a little bit um you never know um now if harris plays i'd say he's a touchdown dependent low-end rb2 and i think he is playing right so that's how i would i would play him um he is someone i'm actively trying to trade away you know because a lot of the stuff that i mentioned um 
But, uh, you know, I, I can see the Patriots having full control of this game tonight. Um, so there can be carries to go around for both guys. And it's also possible that both of them get like a touchdown plunge each, right? Um, now, Hunter Henry's been extremely touchdown dependent, but he's scoring touchdowns, right? He's scored seven touchdowns over the last seven games. He's caught more than two passes only once in the last five games. So if you're starting him, you're praying for a touchdown. Uh, but at least he has a good shot of getting one. You know, if John o. Smith is out again like he was last week, um, you can bump Henry up a little bit. It's not about the matchup with him. You know, he's getting targeted in the end zone every single week. Um, now, if you notice overall at, at this point in the season, you know, it's not really about the matchups, right? As much as as much as you think, right? Like, unless there's something glaring there, right? You, you know who your studs are. You play them every week. You know, you're really only making a decision at the edges, right? Now, if you have too many studs in your team and you have to make a decision there, you know, I can't help you. You know, what I would suggest is maybe a league needs another, you know, wide receiver spot. Maybe you play three wide receivers instead of two. You know, maybe you add another flex spot. You know, I think ideally you might have three wide receivers, two flexes, and you'll be straight, right? You won't have to make those decisions. Um, but, yeah, it's really all about opportunity, you know. It's about talent. You know, a lot of times the opportunity is there, you know, because of the talent. Right, a lot of times the opportunity is there because the talented guy got hurt, right? But the matchup, you know, is usually considered more of as a tiebreaker, right? Especially, you know, when we know as consumers of the NFL that defenses do adjust, right? And you never know what, you know, when that's going to happen, right? Look what happened to Lamar Jackson last week, right? Look what happened to the Bills against against the Jags, right? You just, you know, you hope it doesn't adjust when you're hoping for a big game from a player of yours, but it happens all the time. Right, so just keep that in mind. Like you go into the week, like, oh man, this is gonna be an amazing matchup. Like, how often does it really work out where that player like just goes off? Let's be honest. Like, it's nice to look forward to a good matchup for your player, but it doesn't always work out the way you want, you know. Anyway, I digress. I digress big time. Okay, moving on to Jacoby Myers. He's a PPR flex option. Um, his target share has been under twenty percent for the second straight week. He finally did score a touchdown. Got his box score inflated a bit, so now maybe you use him, you know, as part of a package, you know, with a better player to upgrade at either running back or wide receiver, uh, or wherever. To be honest, uh, CD Lamb just tore it up in the slot against Atlanta last week, um, but that's CD Lamb, right? Myers is a PPR flex option, but you know he's only had four targets each of the last two weeks, so keep that in mind. Now I know Kendrick Bourne had the big day, but he scored on the ground. He scored through the air. He had 98 yards, but only four targets, right? Not something you can depend on. Does he have some upside? Yeah, he does. You know, he has a few high yardage touchdown games this season, so he does raise the ceiling of your team um, if you need something off the wave wire. Um, Atlanta hasn't given up too many big passing plays this year, though, so keep that in mind. Um, Cordell Patterson is listed as questionable for this game, but I doubt he plays. If he truly does have a high ankle sprain, I I don't think he's going to suit up. Um, my guess is that this is just a little bit of gamesmanship so that the Patriots have the game plan for him. Um, it seems to me like Mike Davis is still the next guy up in that backfield. You know, even though Wayne Gallman was involved throughout the game last week, you know, even, even before Patterson got hurt, um, you know, on that second drive too. But Arthur Smith said that he was involved because they had the short turnaround to play on Thursday night. So I'm assuming we see both of these guys, maybe Goldman working in a little bit early on early downs, you know, while Davis is the passing down back, but also get some work on early downs too. Um, I'd avoid both if possible. Um, but I think these guys are flex plays at best uh, because of the uncertainty. You know, Davis is kind of my preferred option. I think he'll probably get the goal line, goal line carry if they ever get to the goal line. Um, 
but yeah, he, he's 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 my preferred option out of the two. Um, and and you never know, like if Patterson does truly have a high ankle sprint, then he's going to be out for a couple weeks. Um, which means that you know if one of these guys is heavily favored in terms of opportunity tonight, then they're going to be you know potential RB twos you know going forward uh, while Patterson's out. But you know we'll see. Uh, Kyle Pitts is a high end tight end one. Um, I, I ha, you know, I hate having my best weapon go up against the Patriots, especially when it's all they got, um, because they aim to take that guy away, and that guy for the Falcons is no doubt Cal Pitts. So, you know, I'm playing him, but I'm tempering expectations. I wouldn't be surprised if he was shadowed by J.C. Jackson, honestly. Um, I'm not really interested in playing any of the Atlanta wide receivers, and this is why I keep saying I don't trust Russell Gage. By the way, four catches for 67 yards, donut. Seven catches for 64 yards, donut. Don't want that. All right, moving on to the lines of the Browns. The Browns are favored by 10 points, 44.5 over under. Um, Jamal Williams was back at practice on Wednesday, which is a good sign for his availability. Um, shouldn't matter for DeAndre Swift, honestly. I mean, well, last week he had a ridiculous 36 touches. Um, his 33 carries came out of nowhere. Uh, but there they was a close game, right, between them and the Steelers. But the Lions, you know, they want to be a run-heavy team. You know, they just never get an opportunity to because of the game scripts they're in. The thing about Swift is that his role in, you know, in the receiving game, you know, keeps him safe every week. Sometimes you even prefer the negative game script so that he can go off in the receiving game. Uh, but he, he, he's in your lineup as a, as a, as a solid RB1. Um, people are straight up panicking over TJ Hawkinson's goose egg last week. Yeah, it was a terrible game for sure. I'm not benching him because of it. I'm starting him. You know, he was literally coming off averaging 10 targets over the previous three games coming into last week. So he's, he'll be in my lineup. Um, Nick Chubb still hasn't come off the COVID list, so so don't drop Dearness Johnson just yet. My guess is that Chubb will come off the list before the game. I mean, you know, he was put on the list nine days ago, so he has to test negative soon, right? I, w- I would assume that. But, you know, assuming he plays, he should be in your lineup as an RB1. It's a great matchup. If he doesn't, you know, play for whatever reason, Johnson is going to be in your lineup as an RB1. Um, you know, too bad Chubb can't get the role Johnson gets when Chubb's out. Um, if he did, Chubb would have like 250 yards a game. Uh, but when both are healthy, um, you know, Chubb only plays like 50, 60% of snaps. So, you know, Kareem Hunt is not going to play this week. He's already he's already been ruled out. So we'll see if he can come back the following week. Uh, Jarvis Landry has been, you know, super disappointing. The fact that the targets aren't funneling in his direction, you know, makes no sense. This passing game has zero identity. Uh, he's a PPR flex play right now. Maybe he gets the squeaky wheel treatment after saying that he doesn't get the ball either when asked about OBJ. <laughs> we'll see. Um, a Donovan Peoples-Jones is a sneaky upside play for me this week. He was shadowed by J.C. Jackson last week. Um, the Patriots already don't give up big pass plays. That was last week. But this week, up against the Lions, they're tied for the fourth most 40-plus yard passing plays given up. They're tied for the ninth most 20-plus yard pass plays given up. So, you know, this can play right into his role as that deep pass catcher. So he's an upside flex play for me this week. Uh, 49ers at the Jaguars. Um, the 49ers are favored by six points. It's a 46, six and a half over under. Uh, the 49ers played a great game last week against the Rams. Um, Elijah Mitchell, you know, did have surgery on a fractured finger on Tuesday. Kyle Shanahan is saying that he will likely play on Sunday, but, you know, who knows, you know, how many touches he gets if he is active. I don't know. Um, I'm curious to know if he's going to get any practices in this week. I, I think there's a chance he doesn't play this week, so you'd have to monitor that. Um, you know, is there a bit of a risk of playing him if he's active and then he gets no full practices in? Yeah, maybe. Um, we might have to downgrade, downgrade him to like a low-end RB2 or something um, unless he gets some full practices in. But if he doesn't go, right, Jeff Wilson, I think, would be a pretty good start in his place. He'll be a solid RB2. 
Um, the Jags are good at stopping the run, but this scheme, this offensive line, you know, this is on a different level. So, you know, I'd say that, you know, Wilson would be a solid RB2 if Mitchell does miss this game. Debo Samuel in your lineup every single week. Fantasy MVP right there. Uh, George Kittle, he got it done for you both weeks. He's back. He's in your lineup as well. Um, Brandon Ayuk cooled off a bit, you know, last week, but the 49ers didn't really need to pass the ball much. Uh, you know, Jimmy G only threw the ball nine times. Um, I'm sorry, 19 times. Um, Ayuk still ran the most routes of any of these wide receivers, which is a great sign. He only had one less target than Debo's five. You know, still had a 22% target share. He's still a wide receiver three. Um, not sure if they'll need him this week, but the Jags have been, you know, playing teams close over the last two weeks. If they pass the ball, this is a good matchup for wide receivers. The Jaguars are in the top 10 in giving up fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks and throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, I think Ayuk specifically might see a lot of Tyson Campbell, who, who has not been particularly good. Um, he's gotten better lately, but, you know, Ayuk would cook him, um, especially with the defenses, you know, kind of gearing up towards um, towards towards Debo Samuel, right? Uh, James Robinson didn't come back to a full-time role, but I don't think he was 100%. I, I'd expect him to get his role back this week, so I'm fine starting him, you know, as a high in RB2 this week. You can't really trust any of these Jaguars wide receivers. Jamal Agnew had a lucky week last week with the work he got out of the backfield, you know, he'd probably be a desperate start in a deep league at wide receiver. You know, Marvin Jones would be a desperate start in a de- desperate start in a deep league. But this is a very tough matchup overall. The 49ers have got it done against wide receivers this year. The sixth least fantasy points over the last few weeks, four weeks, the third least for the year. So I'm good. All right, the Colts at the Bills. Uh, Bills are favored by seven points, 49 and a half over under. Jonathan Taylor's usage, believe it or not, actually went up. To a place where you're like, oh wow, okay, it's it's a wrap. It's a wrap for everybody. Um, he went up to 84% of snaps, which is you know for him it's bananas. You know my guess is that it's his highest in his career. I haven't checked. Um, he's been like a 50 to 60% snap kind of guy, and over the last several weeks he's been hovering at 65% or higher, and now 84%. This is awesome. This is amazing. If you have him, congratulations. You know he's also staying on the field on the majority of passing down snaps as well. This is what you want to see. High-end RB1 start every week, even in this tough matchup. Uh, T.Y. Hilton came back and ran around on 70% of pass plays this past week. Um, he earned a 16% target share off the bat. Uh, might have affected Michael Pittman a bit. He was also at 16%. Um, Pittman has been getting it done through, you know, whatever. Like, even, even if he doesn't get targets, like, he's been getting it done. So he'll be in my lineup as a high-end wide receiver, too, you know, even in a tough matchup. Um, if you have better options because you drafted Pittman late and you have other elite guys or whatever, you, you know, you have the luxury of benching Pittman, I get it in this matchup, but otherwise I wouldn't. But still, you, know, you have to temper expectations because this is one of the toughest matchups for wide receivers. They've given up the least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers, the sixth least over the four over the last four weeks. Um, Hilton, you know, might be a flex play, you know, at best in deeper leagues, but I'd avoid him this week because of the matchup. Um, I, I wouldn't stream Carson Wentz this week, you know, not in this matchup personally. Uh, Josh Allen, though, on the other side, he's in as a high in QB1. This is a great matchup for Stefan Diggs, great matchup for Emmanuel Sanders as well. Uh, the perimeter has been bad, you know, for the Colts this year. They've given up the fifth most fantasy points over the last eight weeks to perimeter wide receivers, and they're particularly not good on their left side, so the offense's right side, where, you know, they've given up the third most fantasy points over the last eight weeks and the seventh most over the last four. 
Um, you know, and, and Diggs and Sanders run about half of their routes on that side. So, you know, Diggs is a wide receiver one play this week. I think Sanders is an upside wide receiver three. Now, in competitive games, Cole Beasley has been out there. But when the Bills have a big handle on the game and they're up, their offense just goes into a shell. They go into defense mode. Uh, in, in their offense itself goes into defense mode and then they run a bunch of 12 personnel. You know, so there's no third wide receiver on the field, which directly affects Beasley. You know, so it's, it's you know, it's super hard to say when Beasley will be on the field because it's tough to know which games will be close. You know, you can guess, but like I said before, this is the NFL we're talking about, right? But when Beasley's out there, he's getting his 10-plus targets. You know, what's my guess for this game? You know, I think it's it'll be close enough to the point where, you know, Beasley will be out there. So he's a boom-bust wide receiver three option. But it's funny because, you know, usually when you say, say boom-bust, it's like, you know, a couple catches, you know, for a bunch of yards and a touchdown. For In his case, it's funny because his boom is like nine catches and his bus is not seen the field. So it's a very unique role. Um, this backfield is tough right now. I think Matt Breida got some work in last week, you know, really because he probably put in a good week of practice with Zach Moss in concussion protocol and him being limited. Um, but I think this go, this week it goes back to a two-man backfield with Moss being the, the 1A. Um, this is a pretty tough matchup overall. I probably avoid these guys if I can, you know, at least until, you know, one of these guys, probably Moss, you know, separates himself a little bit in terms of, um, you know, in turn, I feel like Zach Moss just continually loses momentum with all these injuries every single time. Like he's going to make his way there, injured. He's going to make his way there, injured. And it just happens all the time. So I'm avoiding if I can for this week. Uh, Dawson Knox is back. Um, I'm feeling comfortable starting him right now. He... Um, you know, he didn't run his full complement of routes last game, but it was his first game back. My guess is that he goes back to his old role where he was running a route on like 85% of dropbacks. So I think he's playable this week as a back-end tight end one. Okay, moving on to the Dolphins at the Jets. The Jets, the, the Dolphins are favored by three points. It's a 45 and a half over under. Um, the, the Jets are just giving up so many damn points to running backs. I can understand playing Miles Gaskin, but I, I still don't trust him. You know, the roles... Uh, you know, keep changing. I'm not saying he's not startable, but the roles keep changing for guys in this backfield on a week-to-week basis. I really don't understand it. He can give you a 15-point game in PPR. He can also, but he also has a low floor. Um, he's a flex play with upside, I think, this week because of the matchup. Um, but it's weird because Patrick Laird, you know, was the guy um, being used on passing downs last week. You know, who knows what role Gaskin will play this week. Um, if he's just the primary rusher as he's been over the last two weeks, not sure he has that much upside. Um, I continue to start Jalen Waddle as a high-end PPR wide receiver three, but you know not as high in standard and half-point leagues because his his low depth of target, the fact that he doesn't score much, it, it is limiting him. Um, the Jets have really let up though against wide receivers. You know since their bye, they haven't been as good. They give up 13 or more PPR fantasy points to eight wide receivers over the last four games. So I'd say Waddle is a good start this week. Mike Kosicki, you know, gave you that goose like last week, but I'd still continue to start him. He's still being targeted at the rate that you want, still running a ton of routes, 82% of route participation last week. You know, this past game was an anomaly in terms of production. I continue to start the guy. He has upside. Um, I'd also stream Tua as well. The last, the last six quarterbacks to go up against the Jets had good days, so solid streamer this week. Um, on the Jets side, it's really tough to say who the go-to receivers will be with all the moving pieces, right? Corey Davis in and out of the lineup, uh, but you know he's back playing a relatively full complement of routes. Elijah Moore not running a full complement of routes still. He's still rotating with Keelan Cole. 
you know, all the QB changes. Joe Flacco was, will get the start this week. You know, who knows what that means in this scheme where he'll go with the ball. You know, the best bet is Corey Davis, right, I think, because he ran a route on almost 90% of dropbacks last week. Jamison, Router, Jamison Crowder also ran a route on 90% as well. Elijah Moore ran a route on less than 60% of dropbacks last week, despite quarterbacks loving him when he's on the field. He's been targeted on over 20% of his routes run over the last four weeks. Um, but we just need him to run more routes for him to be more dependable, uh, even though he's been getting it done. Um, and, and now with Joe Flacco under center, it's like, you know, where will he where will he go with the ball, right? I'd say Davis is the safest. Crowder probably, you know, PPR flex play. Elijah Moore, upside flex play. Um, the matchup is there. The Dolphins have played well against wide receivers over the last few weeks. But if the Jets are prepared for it, these wide receivers can have a good day. Um, you know, Joe Flacco, like, is he going to favor his running backs? He has favored his running backs in the past. You know, but we're talking about samples from, from years ago, right? So I don't really want to consider that too much. Um, but the fact that the Jets coaches have said that they want to keep their running backs involved in the past game makes me think that Flacco will keep them involved too. Um, you know, don't expect them to get much done on the ground. Michael Carter has averaged over four yards per carry, you know, only once in the last seven games. So it's all about the pass game with him. It's all about the goal line looks with him. So I'd say he's like a low-end PPR RB2 this week. If that, you know, Ty Johnson is a deep PPR flex play because of his involvement in the pass game. Um, he actually took over the passing down role from Carter again, right? So And Tevin Coleman is also taking some snaps away overall with his return. So, you know, this Jets, this Jets backfield has taken... Um, an overall hit, to be honest. Okay, the Washington football team at the Panthers. The Panthers are favored by three points, 43, 43 over under. Um, this this right here is an overall tough matchup for Washington. Washington is going to try and run the ball, right? So Antonio Gibson, you know, the hope here is that he can get some volume, and the hope for that comes from this being a close game, right? Vegas thinks it's going to be close. You know, the Panthers are only favored by three points. Um, Gibson is touchdown dependent. Um, you know, he's, I would say he's like an RB2, low in RB2. As far as his volume, you know, that depends on the game flow, right? If I have him, he'll likely be in my lineup unless I have some other good running backs. I'm trying to trade his ass away though. Um, after that big game he had last week, it's not going to be too many games where he's getting that type of volume and that type of touchdown uh, scoring, right? Um, JD McKissick is a PPR flex play. You know, he has, you know, when... Gibson doesn't have his games. Most likely, J.D. McKissick has a game himself. So, he's a PPR flex play. He has a chance of boom weeks. It's hard to guess when those will be. But, like, if you're in in desperation mode and you just need a running back, at least he has that chance to give you that boom week, right? Uh, Terry McLaurin is a wide receiver, too. He's had one good game, though, over his last five. Uh, This matchup isn't great, let's be honest, but he will most likely be in my lineup. Um, Just kind of have to accept the volatility when it comes to him. He has a quarterback problem. Um, Now, the you know they haven't had to throw a lot last week, (laughs) surprisingly against the Bucks, but at least his target share is solid. Now, uh, there's no guarantee Logan Thomas is back this week, and Ricky Seals Jones is banged up with a hip injury too. Um, Continue to monitor that the rest of the week. If Thomas is back, I don't know if I throw him in my lineup just yet. Uh, but he is worth holding on to um, for his playoff schedule, number one, and his role overall as well with him getting like 100% of route, route participation. Um, I think RSJ, Ricky Seals-Jones, would be a low-end tight end one if he gets some practices in um, and if Thomas is out. Now, Cam Newton is going to make his first start this week in Carolina against his old coach, Ron Rivera, a homecoming for both of these guys. That should be fun. Looking forward to that. Um, I think Cam can be a QB one. 
like a low end QB one the rest of the way, depending on how he gets used. You know, I don't think he's there just yet, but we'll see. Uh, but based on Matt Rule saying he wants like all of Cam and everything he has to offer, I can see him using Cam a ton in the run game. Obviously, at the goal line as well. Um, does that kind of you know limit Christian McCaffrey's touchdown upside? I would say it does. I would say it does. Um, but at the same time, Christian McCaffrey gets so much opportunity that he's going to get it done for you regardless. But does his ceiling come down a little bit? I think so. Uh, DJ Moore hopefully gets a boost here. We'll see. Um, the hope is that the targets are tightly distributed between Moore and Christian McCaffrey. That's all we care about. Robbie Anderson is a lost cause at this point. Don't worry about him, Cam. DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, make us happy. And obviously, CMC's in your lineup. Overall RB1. Most likely, DJ Moore is a wide receiver to play. He should be in lineups. Washington has allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, They've gotten better over the last four weeks. They did a great job last week against Brady. Uh, Kendall Fuller had a knee injury. No word on whether he'll play this week. The secondary will take a hit, though, if he's out. All right, the Ravens at the Bears. Uh, Ravens are favored by six points, 45.5 over under. You're starting Lamar as a high in QB1, obviously. He's going to bounce back from last week's game. Very uncharacteristic of him and the entire offense. Um, the, the Dolphins defense just caught him off guard with how much they were blitzing him. You know, off, you know the corners blitzing him, all that. He was like, what is going on here? Uh, but they, they, they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't sustain drives. Uh, but Marquise Brown is a wide receiver one. Um, you know, he's in your lineup every week. Rashad Bateman is a high-end flex play, I would say. His routes did dip with Sammy Watkins back, but Lamar was just targeting him like crazy at the end of the game last week when he was in the field. Um, Chicago isn't great at defending wide receivers. They've given up the fifth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. Um, the sixth most points overall to wide receivers over the last eight weeks. Um, they're not good at defending slot wide receivers either, so this can be a good game for these guys. The Ravens cut Le'Veon Bell, so that leaves Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray as a likely one-two punch. Tyson Williams was active last week, but he didn't even get a snap. It just seems like he's falling out of favor. Um, you know, he's fell out of favor a while ago, to be honest. And, and I put up a post about this backfield in, on Instagram and how I think Freeman is going to continue to be the 1A even when Murray is back. Um, because he simply, you know, he simply outplayed him, to be honest. So if this is a one-two punch and this offense gets back on track, which it will, I think Freeman can have some fantasy appeal as like a low-end RB2, you know, potentially with some upside to score most weeks. So I think he is startable as an RB2 this week, especially if Latavius Murray like doesn't really get any full practices in. Maybe he's limited. Um, he did get a limited practice on Wednesday. Um, but otherwise, I label Freeman as like a high-end flex play. If Murray's like good to go, he's getting full practices in. But we'll see where it goes. Um, the Bears have allowed more than five yards per carry over the last four weeks to opposing running backs. So, you know, Freeman's also still available in 40% of Yahoo leagues right now. So if you need a running back, he should be scooped up. Um, and, and by the way, start Mark Andrews <laughs> as a high-end tight end one. His routes went back up to 90% participation, which is what you want to see. And it came through last week um, in the production. Now, Justin Fields, on the other side, he's starting to heat up a little bit. He's getting used to playing in the NFL at this point. He almost threw for 300 yards against the Steelers in Pittsburgh, which is pretty impressive. Um, I think he's streamable this week. The ball is going to be in his hands, you know, with the Ravens potentially going up. Um, the Ravens are not the best pass rushing team, even though they like to blitz a lot. Um, I think he can do something this week. I think, you know, I'll probably rank him around the QB 15 or 16 or so. So I think that kind of makes him streamable there. Uh, Darnell Mooney is a boom bust flex option. 
Uh, now, he runs a majority of his routes on the perimeter, and the Ravens have been bad there. Um, they, they've given up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks, so I think he's a sneaky option this week. David Montgomery walked into a bell cow role in his first week off of coming off of the IR um, with the bye week coming up after that game too. So, you know, he's even more than, he's more than ready. He's good to go. I think he's a low end RB1 if his usage is going to continue to be of an every down sort like he was in week nine. Um, he actually led all running backs in snap percentage in his first week back. Crazy. Now you can stream Cole Komet uh, as a tight end. He had a good game. The week before the bye, he's a deep streaming option. Uh, the Ravens aren't the best at defending tight ends, so I can understand going in his direction if you need one. That's it. That's all I got. I'm going to go over the other eight matchups uh, to, in tomorrow's podcast on Friday's podcast, so stay tuned for that. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get the notification when the podcast does drop, but it should be out Friday morning, just like this one's going to be out Thursday morning. So uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Um, you know, I'll talk to you guys before Thanksgiving. So don't worry. Those those well wishes are coming. Um, but I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. If you can subscribe um, to the pod, wherever you listen to it, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, wh- wherever, I would I would really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for taking out the time to just consume all the content, wherever you do it. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. I'll talk to you soon. See ya.